could do that. Maybe I can turn up microphone sensitivity. It's too late. We're on. <laughs> Rehearsal's another, going great, guys. Great start. <laughs> Riveting drop in. <laughs> Just a second. Don't start yet. I can't imagine how we didn't get the the athletic podcast. Okay. All right, you guys start because I have to see if I can raise my mic volume. All right, well, you do technical, you do technical things. <laughs> Welcome back to another scintillating episode of the Scipio Cubs podcast. Uh, we're all here again. I'm Andy. Uh, I'm Kyle. I'm having struggling difficulties. <laughs> I'm Michael. All right, so we, uh, we, if you're watching us live, which we're not because I forgot to tweet it out. Um, actually, I probably should do that since it's a rain delay and people might actually want to do that. The Cubs are in a rain delay. Um, I missed the top. No, I missed the bottom of the fifth. And Kyle just related to me that it was the most frustrating half inning of Cub baseball since, well, probably the ninth game of the season. Yeah, it was just the beautiful Homer wild pitch, wild pitch, single mixed in their air combo. So fitting, I guess. It seems like they, well, and I know fans, we freak out about it more than the players obviously do because we're like, Oh God, it's going to rain. They need to hurry up and get a lead. And then you know, they should hurry up and he, Luke, Joe should bring the closer in, you know, in the fifth. And then typically it doesn't rain hard enough. And, yeah, how many like how many games on. ever actually get called after five? I feel like it almost never actually happens. Like everyone, yeah, it always comes up on Twitter when it's you know threatening. But I remember back in the good old days when it used to get too dark <laughs> and they'd the, have to stop playing. Back in the day, they used to only play five innings. Those that was a whole baseball game yeah. when baseball first started. And if the ball bounced into the stands, it was a home run, and mm-hmm. they used actual bats, the animal. <laughs> It was barbaric. Thank God. The ASPCA almost shut them down. Mm. And then they switched to the wood thing. And it's really taken off since then. That All right. So, uh, so we've would, got. An actual bat would be the only thing that would last for fewer at-bats than oh, a. Um, that's my ride. Ash bat or whatever. What's the bad one? Maple. Isn't that the one that would. That's the one that would break and end up in Tyler Colvin's chest. (laughs) (laughs) Remember that time Wellington Castillo almost killed Tyler Colvin on the field? Those were the days. That stuff hardly ever happens. So Dolan and I both live out in the suburbs. So Kyle, that siren must have been down by you. Yep. Yeah. I closed my window here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Good first segment, guys. Yep. That was good. All right. Roll, Roll the commercial. (laughs) <laughs> so we're gonna, this podcast is going to get canceled while we're doing it um, <laughs> by whom all right so i think what do we come we have four we have four topics again that seems to be our you know our regular number um is that a significant number is it say the alphabet backwards tony i <laughs> <laughs> oh, miss those days it was simpler back then yes it was okay topics Dolan, you remember him, certainly. Yes. In some order, um, I want to talk about the last time the Brewers were on Sunday Night Baseball before last Sunday, because ESPN made it seem like it was a monumental event that they were on. 
And by the way, I think that the A-Rod Kristen Yellick interview is almost done. There's, it's just wrapping up now. You are not good at teasers. Because <laughs> well, I, I, I think I'm excellent. I assume that's going to be your first joke when we actually get to that segment. No, I just thought of that one. Okay, it's a freebie. Okay. Um, the our our good friend uh, Alex Kaysberg and Conan O'Brien settled their lawsuit. Thought I'd give people an update on that. Um. You wanted to talk about the shift. Indeed. And, oh, and then we wanted to talk about America's favorite couple, which is no more the Zobras. Delicately, because, you know, we're, you know, we're classy. We'll keep it that way. Oh, and Kyle wants to trash opposing podcasts. That's right. We'll do that at the end. So you have to stick around to the very end and we're going to take them all down. Uh, All right. So um, on Sunday night, I didn't care because I, I just, I don't like Sunday night baseball. I haven't liked it ever. I don't think back to the glory days with Joe Morgan and John Miller. Um, What I really hate about it is that they, they really lean into that whole ridiculous game of the week thing and they try to cover like all kinds of issues it's like it's just another game just cover it like another game it's baseball it'll be fine and uh they were it was very brewer centric and that was because the brewers hadn't been on since <laughs> this is incredible they haven't been on sunday night baseball since 2013 so i thought i would look up what was significant about that in 2013 so here are some people who played for the Brewers the last time they were on Sunday Night Baseball. Do you remember who their third baseman was? In 2013, the Brewers? Yeah. Oh, God. Wait, did... He has a, has a strong connection to... Yeah, did Aramis go back? Yeah, it was still, oh, yeah, it it was was still Aramis yeah. Ramirez. And he was probably still raking at that time, yeah, too. He was still pretty good. Oh, wait, that was, yeah, okay, all right. Brandon Kinsler was in their bullpen. Oh, God. Salt. 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 I hate that nickname. I don't like him much either. Uh, We didn't know Ryan Braun had herpes yet? Mm. No, just kidding. Well, we did. Of course we knew he had herpes. (laughs) Uh, That was the year he got suspended for 65 games for his wonderful, what was that? It wasn't. Whatever the name of that lab, lab biogenesis. Biogenesis. Well, he he was the victim of a failed system, so never forget that. That's true. Well, actually, I didn't realize. I didn't realize this. His suspension was, his suspension was fifty games for biogenesis, and then Bud really cracked down on him, gave him an extra fifteen, because he very clearly lied about the failed drug test a couple years earlier. The one when he blamed it on the Cub fan who kept his kept his whiz in the fridge over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, Kristen Yellick debuted that year for the Florida Marlins. Oh, and he got two hits in his first game ever against Colorado on July 23rd. Here's a good one. Who, who was predominantly the Cubs center fielder in 2013, 2000, um, Todd Dunwoody. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Reed Johnson. No, he. No, he'd been gone. He's right? not. 
He can't quite close his mouth all the way, and he's never sure what to do with his hands. Oh, God. <laughs> Everyone's favorite uh, pregame host. <laughs> David <laughs> Hayes. Oh, Lord. Yes. This is how long it's been. All right. This, is, this was the part I enjoyed the most. Here were some other notable Cubs who played, players who played for the Cubs that year. Alfonso Soriano. Mm-hmm. That was the year he got, he got traded on July 26th for the great Corey Black. Carlos Marmol was still playing, still pitching for the Cubs. Yeah, okay. Everybody's favorite Golden Domer, Jeff Samarja. Uh-huh. Obviously still a Cub. Kevin Gregg. Oh God, I forgot about him. Jesus Christ. He was like a he was like Kevin Gregg was was um low rent uh what the hell is his name? <laughs> the the good dude from the Dodgers. Gagne. He was like a low rent Gagne. Oh, he had the like same a, the glasses. Well, and he had the same. The he had no indent. He had just the back <laughs> of his skull just went straight down to his spine. There was no like back of his head where where brain would have fit. You know what I'm saying? I do. I'll draw it. Like this is as good as our discussion last week about our <laughs> fingers. It's a visual podcast. Edwin Jackson was still a cub. Oh my god. And he's been on 17 teams since. Yep, and he's now a Blue Jay again. I guess he's been a Blue Jay before. Was that was that his 18 lost season, or was that the next year? Trying <laughs> <laughs> to block it all out. And God rest his soul, Louis Valbuena was still a Cub in uh, 2013. Okay, now this is a. I think this was interesting. There were, um, one, two, there were six members. Of the twenty of the twenty world of the twenty sixteen World Series, who were on the twenty sixteen World Series roster, well said by me, who played at least part of the season. I really, it's not very many, considering that just three years later, they would win the World Series. They only had six guys who even played a game who were still around. Wait, I'm sorry. Say this again. So in the twenty third, we have to pick the guys. Twenty thirteen. There were six roster. six guys played in twenty thirteen that who, played who played in the World Series. Well, Rizzo and Arietta are the easy ones. Yeah. Um, well, then another guy goes with Arietta pretty clearly. Oh, Strope? Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, oh Chris Coglin. <laughs> no. Oh, no? wow. No. Good guess, though. He was not uh, there yet. Damn. Okay, wait. We said Rizzo, Arietta. We have Rizzo, Arietta, Strope. I can give you hints about two of them. I can give you hints about all of them, but uh, one of them only has one eyebrow. But it's uh, a big one. J- Jacob Dylan. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, it's one big eyebrow. Um, His eyebrows are basically Bert from Bert and Ernie. Uh, the only person I think about when I think of that is Giovanni Soto. <laughs> No. I know that's yeah. not right. Clearly, clearly not. No. Uh, one eyebrow. God, is 2016 this long ago that we can't remember this? Come on, Kyle. We got this. Um, all right, let's he, let's just start. Let's just think about pitching staff first. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll give you the other clue. You'll get it right away, I think. Um, well, then don't give it to us. <laughs> okay. All right. No, no, no. Give it to us. We don't want to waste everything. Oh, Jason Hamill. No. Nope. Oh. oh, yeah. He wasn't there before. Um, he was, it was. He, he was on the Samarja. Oh yeah. He must have been 14 then. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. One of these guys would have pitched shirtless if they'd have let him. 
<laughs> Tyler, uh, or no, Wood, Travis Wood. Travis Wood, yep. Uh, yeah. Now two left. Okay. One of them, my favorite thing about him ever was that when Jake Arrieta threw the no-hitter in Dodger Stadium, he didn't know it was a no-hitter. He couldn't understand why everybody oh, was so excited. Uh, Justin Grimm. Justin Grimm. Oh, good call. He knew he thought they were all excited because it was a shutout. Oh, because like Grimm dancing. <laughs> and they're like, uh, you know, he threw a no-hitter. He did? Like, yeah, he did. <laughs> Justin Grimm it was one of my favorite gifts of that year. All right, so we only need one left. One more. He's got with one eyebrow. In He's this a relief pitcher. Oh, it's a, another relief pitcher. Ah, see, that's why I don't remember. He got one of the biggest, one of the most satisfying outs in Cub history. My, Mike Montgomery? No. No, he was oh. <laughs> think the year before. Yes. The year before, 2015. Oh, Rondon. Yes. Hector oh, Rondon. Yeah, duh. God. I don't think of him as much of a one eyebrow guy. And now that I'm saying Soto, he had heavily manicured eyebrows, yes. right? He probably would have had one had he not manicured it. <laughs> well, Hector's is just so big and it just goes. Yeah, true. I mean,. It's he like a, a very Cro-Magnon brow. Yeah, it's a mustache, basically, but it's above his eyes instead of below his nose. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, right. I would, another statistic between now, today, and the last time the Brewers were on a Sunday night baseball game, um, the Cubs have won one World Series in that time period. Yes, and a pennant. Yes. Well, Which goes pennants. hand in hand. <laughs> or one pennant. They had multiple opportunities to win pennants. Yes, they spent a lot of time in the NLCS. Yes, only won one pathetic little pennant. Nice mm-hmm. job, Theo. Uh, so, in addition, this this kind of pull this this uh, is a nice parallel to Sunday Night Baseball. In addition to <laughs> uh, Ryan Braun being suspended for sixty five games, A Rod got a two hundred and eleven game suspension that year. That was the last, however many games of that season, plus all of the next year. And then I like this, this, I think, to me, brought back just how long ago this was. So the Packers won the NFC North with a scintillating record of 8-7-1. and one. Mm. And they got beat in the wildcard round by the 49ers because oh, Colin wow. Kaepernick ran for like 12,000 oh, yards in the game. Neat. That's how long ago that was. So there you go. I was trying to think of what relationship I was in at that time. And that makes me really feel <laughs> that makes me really think about how long ago those things were. <clears throat> ah, good times. Yeah. All right. So a couple of weeks ago, we, you're not going to say transition right into speaking of relationships. Let's talk about Ben's over but no, go ahead with your transition. I was going to get this out of the way. Cause okay. you know, no, I'm, fine. Well, I, I don't, I don't really listen to you guys. That makes it hard mm-hmm. to do the transitions. I'm just waiting to talk. Anyway, two, three weeks ago, we talked about how a former Decipio lurker had sued Alex Case or had sued Alex Case, had sued Conan O'Brien for supposedly stealing four of his jokes, and it was going to. Uh, it was actually going to trial, and when we got to joke about the fact that Elaine Boozler was the closest thing they could get to a joke expert, uh, it it didn't end up going to trial. They settled, and Conan wrote um, an, a letter that was published in Variety magazine, and I always read Variety because I love that stuff. Um, I just want to read part of it because I think it's it's very good. He never refers to Caseberg by name, so he doesn't give him the satisfaction of of repeating it, and it's simply titled. 
my stupid lawsuit. <laughs> so here's uh, here's this part. I will link to it in the show notes. The whole thing it's 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 really good. But I like there's a couple of paragraphs I particularly like. Um, so it says four years ago, my writers and I were sued by a man in San Diego who claimed that we stole five jokes from his blog and Twitter account. I will tell you what we told him and what we subsequently swore on our oath in a deposition. We had never heard of him or his blog or Twitter account, and we did not steal any of his jokes. Short of murder, stealing material is the worst thing any comic can be accused of, and I've devoted 34 years in show business striving for originality. Had I, for one second, thought that any of my writers took material from someone else, I would have fired that writer immediately, personally apologized, and made financial reparations. But I knew we were on the right. Uh, how did I know? I knew because different people around the world come up with the same joke all the time, especially when the joke is topical. I, may, I was made aware of this 24 years ago when on the same night, David Letterman, Jay Leno, and I all told an identical Dan Quayle is dumb joke. Dan Quayle announced today that he will not be running for president in 96. However, he did not rule out running in 97. <laughs> Back then, no one sued anyone because each of us knew the topical comedy often follows a pattern. It's an occupational hazard. You try to avoid it, but sometimes comedians inadvertently step on each other's feet. And then he, he talks about how, you know, 20 years later with the Internet, it makes it even it makes it even easier for um, people to write the same jokes or for for the same joke to appear because anybody could be a comedian. Anybody can, and he kind of walks through the whole thing about the, except for Alex Kaysberg, right? Anyone can be a comedian. So anyway, I wanted to give the update that it's been settled. Unfortunately, um, our old buddy, Alex got an unspecified sum of money for claiming that somebody stole his jokes. Well, and, and to Conan's uh, rush to Conan's, if I had been Conan's, I, I obviously this didn't go to trial, but had I been Conan's lawyer, had it gotten to trial, I would have just done what we did on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and set up those jokes and asked the judge if he could come up with a punchline. <laughs> and he, I'm the dumbest punchline he could think of. And I bet he would have come up with punchlines that were very similar. Yeah. And that would have been like, case closed. And I would have stormed out of it. I would have <laughs> closed up my briefcase and just walked out of court and probably been held in contempt. Great. <laughs> No, it, it's a. Uh, it was ridiculous when I saw it, and it was ridiculous. Um, yes, at the time, and it was. But it's resolved to no one's satisfaction, which is how it should be. Well, congratulations to the unspecified sum. The player to be named later was Cash to <laughs> Alex Kaysberg. Cash considerations, just like um, similarly somebody's mock draft after the NBA lottery last night went through all the picks and got to number seven, the bulls and put simply cash considerations. <laughs> <laughs> they would clearly be selling this pick. So don't get too attached to anybody. <laughs> all right. So now we're on to shifts and you, you've got, you've got thoughts. Well, I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know that that's accurate, but I just, uh, I'm I'm I feel like back in the day when Joe Madden was in well after Hawk Harrelson had already patented when Joe Madden started inventing the shift you'd you'd see maybe maybe three times a game usually one batter per team if if that you'd see guys shifting 
And now I swear to God, it is every other, people are shifting for every single batter. And I don't want to be like the, oh, this isn't baseball guy, but it's kind of annoying me at this point. I kind of wish that they would at this point, just roll it back and just be like, all right, you guys, you have to stand within this amount of space of these positions. So what's, what's the penalty if they don't? If they don't, if they say that, say they set the rule that before the pitch is delivered, you have to have two infielders on each side of second base. It's a 50 game suspension for everyone on the field. <laughs> that seems reasonable. <laughs> no, it's um, uh, the batter gets two balls added to his count. So two balls on the batter. Which yeah, yeah. in most cases is and probably no strikes against them. Yeah. Is probably you, the case. Yeah. You have to let Kevin Gregg come on to finish the live batter. <laughs> <laughs> nice callback, Kyle. Um yeah, no, I don't I don't know that there's a penalty. And like honestly, I, I don't even like that idea of limiting anyone else in the field. I'm just does it, is anyone else sick of all these shifts? I'm just doing 90s stand-up comedy. I'm gonna write, I'm actually gonna send this to Kaysberg. I'm just workshopping some <laughs> ideas with him. Um, I I don't know. I, I guess I'm 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 curious about your guys' opinion. Is is there too much shifting in baseball? Is is I guess my question. I, it doesn't bother me per se. It it mostly just annoys me, especially that damn blue. <laughs> Wait, what's the difference between it bothering you and it annoying you? <laughs> I guess I think that's a, that's a fair question. I I don't necessarily think it should be outlawed, but I get pissed when the Cubs are playing the Brewers and they do that thing where they put it's not like an overshift, but they just put the second baseman in shallow right field, and everyone else plays normal, and the Cubs hit into it. Every single yeah. left-handed better hits right into it. And then they get thrown out 40 yeah. feet into the outfield yeah. from a guy yeah. 40 feet into the outfield. Do you think that's, that was a shift or is that that's how far back Mike Moustakas had to play to actually have a chance to field a ground ball? That, that's probably the actual answer. <laughs> Mike, you're playing a little deep. No, I, I can't come in. There. So how about this? So I think the rule should be every player on the field should have to be as far away from another player as Ben Zobris eventual restraining order against Juliana is going to dictate that they have to be apart from each other. I just, I, I love that idea. I just don't, have, I don't know how you'd enforce it. <laughs> no, it's so, the only problem I see with that idea is I just don't know. <laughs> I was just curious. I was just curious if it's, if it's too much now and like, and, and I know you, the whole point is to, to try and have their take away the, some of the swing of the power hitters, but truly, if anyone learned to bunt, they, like if Anthony Rizzo, and, and he does every he once does in a while, he could just like, I mean, or Schwarber or, or Hayward, they they shift on Hayward, who can definitely bunt. And like, you, you know, you just, it's like, well, I guess I, what, is it better for him to just bat a thousand with, you know, 600 singles in a season, bunt singles in a season? And take away any threat of power. It's just I don't know. I I mean that's always the argument, right? They're like Lennon JD are famous saying, Well, you know, you you just you know, if that guy wants to Paul Goldschmidt wants to bunt, good. He can't he can't bunt the ball into the stands. It's like, well, right, but if you know, if if he bunted every time into the shift, he you know, he ought to be able to get on, you know, four out of five times. Yeah, he'd be betting eight hundred. Would you really take that trade? I mean, I 
to me, the most annoying thing about the shifts is that players can't exploit them more. I mean, the easiest way to get them out of the shift would be to not hit the ball exactly where you always hit it. Um, And I mean, theoretically, no matter what defense you put out there is a shift of some sort. When somebody in, when Abner Doubleday pretended to invent baseball, um, They had to figure out, okay, where do you put the third baseman? The shortstop obviously just came up out of, holy crap, there's a whole bunch of balls that keep getting through between third base and second base. We should put a guy there. At the time, they're probably like, whoa. you know. And if we put Javi Baez there, we don't need these other seven (laughs) guys on the field. Everybody else can sit down. (laughs) And I don't know. I mean, this could be apocryphal. I mean, we know what happened. But everybody get the – supposedly the first shift was uh, Lou Boudreau when he was the player manager for the Indians was playing shortstop. And whenever Ted Williams came up, he would go play on the other side of second base. Cause Ted never went the other way. He always pulled the ball and that was the Williams shift. And that was like the only shift for a long time. Yeah. So it, it, it just seems like we're, it seems like it's an extreme to try to have to actually outlaw this and I don't know how you would enforce it. I don't know. I, I don't have yeah. a good idea of what a penalty would be if he didn't do it. And I'm I'm jokingly out. Like no, I know, but other people talk but, about. Yeah. There are people who are seriously adamant that it yeah. should be illegal, and I just don't know how you're going to you know do it. When one of the rules that looks like it might happen next year is the, if you bring a relief pitcher and he has to pitch to three batters or or till the end yeah. of an inning, and that brought up the whole idea: what happens if um you know you could the the guy could pretend that he's hurt. You know, yeah. say you bring the great um, <clears throat> Brad Brock in and you've got one righty and two lefties. Of course, he comes in, he walks the right-handed guy because that's what he does. And you want to get him out and he does the old L trivic. Oh, you know, my arm is broken. <laughs> broken. So my suggestion was if that happens, then just like in basketball, if a guy gets fouled and he gets hurt and he can't shoot the free throws, the other team gets to pick who shoots the free throws. <laughs> I think you should get to pick who gets to pitch the re- for the next two outs. Well, I, I think you could do it that way, or you could say, um, fine, it, you don't have to have an injured list, whatever, stay, but you can't, you are unavailable next the next game. Or yeah, the next there should be games, a, yeah. yeah to, um, or whatever it is. I've always wondered... Um, in like the the World Series, uh, say it's you know it, a series that goes seven games, and in, in game five you have your starting pitcher goes six innings, whatever. Couldn't you, in theory, claim an injury, replace that pitcher on the roster with no repercussion? Because I know in the early rounds, if you replace the guy, you can't come yeah. back the next series. But there's no next series. Yeah, so I, I I honestly don't know if you can replace a player in the World Series. Yeah, that's true. Well, what if it's a position player though, like a legitimate. Got to play with, yeah. Got to do what the Cubs have been doing for the last however long, and just you know, play with an extra man down because Riz can't play, and yep. you just have to suck it up. I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know if you can. Obviously, you can in the earlier rounds, and the penalty is that that player is then ineligible for the next round, right? But when you get to the World Series, you're right. Yeah, you could just, you know, all your starting pitchers when they make that last start, oh, he's out, and we get to activate another pitcher and stack your bullpen. Yeah, just claim. It's very sneaky of you. Claim Tommy John disease, and if the White Sox ever get there, that might actually be what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's whole, that's that's obviously contagious. There's an outbreak. They didn't get their vaccinations, and Tommy John disease is running rampant through the White Sox organization. 
I'm trying to figure this out while you guys are go on go about your business because I'm sure everyone's screaming at us. Now, does it only does that only count for infield shifts? If you have an extreme, can you play? Can you go with the four outfielders? Can you bring in the extra infielder? Field softball. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, yeah, and and I mean exactly what you said, though. Like I'm not, of course, advocating for for adding more rules to baseball. Um, but I, I, it just, I'm, I'm just sick of watching it. Cause like, I don't think I ever saw a shift on Sammy Sosa. And I feel like that is a, the type of person that you would put a street. And also I, maybe this is just selective memory, but I don't really, re- I feel like shifts used to just be for left-handed power. Absolutely. Yep. And like now they're, now they're for everyone. And yeah. maybe, maybe it's because you want, you know, traditionally your shortstop's a better fielder than your second baseman. So moving like Todd Walker over to the left side of the infield didn't really help anyone except for the opposing <laughs> offense. So um, yeah, you had to put the Cubs had to shift a guy to the second base side just to help Todd field ground balls. <laughs> <laughs> Go stand next to Todd. What if it's the other way? Well, I don't care if he hits it to Todd, it's getting through. So you might as well just stand right behind him. And the reason they couldn't shift against Sammy was because it's illegal to start. You, you can't have a fielder start. Um, everybody has to be in fair territory during the pitch because the best way to have a shift against Sammy was to put a guy behind the catcher so that you could bounce all the pitches that Sammy would swing at and they'd have somebody back there to retrieve the ball. Uh, I thought you were going to be flattering and say that the best place to play Sammy was in the left field bleachers. Well, I could have been flattering. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the best place to play uh, Ernie Banks was to sit in the basket. <laughs> Which wasn't there for most of his career. So, um, I remember when it was a big thing that because of that whole rule about everybody, all the players had to be in fair territory. Keith Hernandez used to set up when there was a runner at first, he would straddle the bag to get a better angle for, to, for the tag if they were going to try to pick guys off. And I don't remember which Cub manager it was. It might have been the great Jim Fry. Somebody used to bitch about it all the time. And so I also have to hold up the game and get Keith to line up in fair territory. And then the pitcher would throw a pitch. And then the very next pitch, Keith did exactly what we would have done. It's like, fuck you. And he would do it again. And they'd have to do it again and again. And it's like, he's, it's, it's three inches. Who cares? So do you have to be, I didn't even real. So do, do both feet have to be yes. in? Okay. That's what they're complaining about. And nobody ever enforces it. And, but the Cubs were, the Cubs decided this was really going to get in the Mets' head. They were going to do this. I'm, I'm trying to think about when I uh, when I played first. Like I feel like when I was holding a guy on first. Oh no, I guess I was in. I guess both feet were in fair territory because I put my one, my right heel on the corner of the bag closest to the pitcher mound, and I guess my left heel was. Would you put your right foot in and then put your right foot out? Yeah, I would put, put my right, right foot in on the and bag, then shake it all about. <laughs> then I would turn my back completely to the bag. <laughs> And pray for the best. <laughs> I've always uh, thought the best way, if I was a pitcher, I would just routinely hit the runner as hard as I could with throws over to first. Oh, that'll teach had, you. Just smoke pitchers, him every time. We had pitchers that did that. I didn't like that because then I had to chase the ball. <laughs> right. But we had definitely had pitchers that did that intentionally. I'm my, pretty sure my shortstop did that intentionally sometimes too. But so my wife still. Done. Still doesn't know much about baseball, just like, <laughs> just like her husband. And um, <laughs> but this was perfect. We went to 
I think it was 2006, I think. Um, went to a Cub Philly game, and Mark Pryor was actually healthy enough to pitch and was amazing. Struck out 15, got a shutout going. This was great. Um, Dusty, of course, let him pitch well into the ninth. Started to get a little <laughs> bit of a jam. Dusty came out and got him. Brings in Latroy, and he's going to save the day. Oh, what could go wrong? God. So the um, the Phillies had the bases. I'm pretty sure. I, I think the bases were loaded. It could have been first and third. But I'm pretty sure the bases were loaded. And with one out, the batter hit a line drive. Back to Latroy. Latroy made an amazing catch, a self-defense catch for the second out. All he had to do was throw to first. To Jose Offerman was too far off oh, the bag. I remember this. All he's got to do is throw it to first. Cubs win. He throws it. He hits Jose Offerman in the helmet. The ball bounces into the stands. Everybody gets two bases, and the Phillies take the lead and win, and eventually mm-hmm. win the game. And so game. we're sitting there, and there's this weird – it's a weird noise in the crowd where it's like, what the hell? You know, nobody's quite sure what happened. It's like, why? You know, everybody's looking and the umps are moving the runners around. And, and so I'm sitting there, my wife goes, she's like, well, so what happened? And I try to explain it. And she's like, does this happen a lot? <laughs> Only like, to the Cubs. I'm like, I can pretty much guarantee you this is the first time <laughs> it has ever happened. <laughs> I love those moments when Pat Hughes is surprised by something that happens on the field. They're very few and far between. But when Pat Hughes is like, you know, Ron, I don't know that I've ever seen that happen on a baseball field. I just love it when when he gets that surprised voice. The surprised Pat Hughes voice yeah. is one of my favorite voices. Um, my favorite thing is when, because it always was, it was just like that. Something would happen and you would, You'd see it in a game, you're like, and people are like, that never happened. You're like, no, 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 that happened to the Cubs. You know, and you'd have an example like that. But now we're to the point where things are happening that the Cubs are the good example. Like in the yeah. Cardinal series a couple of weeks ago, when Jose Martinez tried to call timeout <laughs> and, and the ump didn't give it to him, <laughs> and they called a strike, and he went nuts, and Yachty came over and had to do all his Yachty stuff. And then you could immediately pull up the Chris Coglin against the Cardinals, yeah. calling the timeout and not getting it, and then singling to yeah. right field, and the <laughs> go-ahead run score. You know, so like, oh, it's so nice to actually be able to pull up you know, stuff like that. In, instead of pulling up uh, Ronnie Cedeno getting thrown out at second on a walk yep. <laughs> behind him. <laughs> Which almost happened to Wilson last week because he um, he was running, the batter walked, he popped up off the bag, and was just standing next right. to the base. And then all of a sudden he took a big he big took a big lurch step and got on second base because obviously somebody was waving and pointing. And like, it just shows you how um, well it, it. I hate to give the Cardinals credit, but the <laughs> reason that happened was because it was the fucking Larusa Cardinals, and they looked for shit like that because they yeah. you know, and Yadi made the throw and I think it was X. I'm sure it was Eckstein, and he actually tags him. You know, most guys are. You know, if it had been a cub, he'd, he'd have been wandering around the infield with the ball, nowhere near the bag. Uh, if it had been Ronnie, there's no way anybody gets tagged out. <laughs> and if it would have been Baez, everyone on the field would have been tagged out. It's like I found it annoying in the Marlin series. Um, Starlin made a really nice. It looked like I forget. I don't remember who the runner was, but it looked like he had the bag stolen. Starlin made a great tag. And it's like now 
now is the time you decide not to set up eight feet in front of second base <laughs> to take the throw and have no chance at tagging anybody? He was the cutoff man for the throw to second. <laughs> I guess competent defense is the sacrifice that he or was his reward for completely giving up offense. <laughs> so who's the um is it Luke Stuckmeyer? Is he the sports Chicago guy that does beer money? Yes. He's currently wearing an El Moro will catch it shirt. What do you suppose he's going to catch? <laughs> His cleats jumping out of the dugout. Oh, I almost forgot. Well, I don't want to give it away. So okay. I'm going to wait a second, but I've, I've reminded myself of something. Okay. Well, let's go. This is big entertainment. No, I can't. We have to. Organically. I will come back. <laughs> we will come back to it. You better write it down. Okay. What's our next topic, Dolan? We want to talk about love American style. Yeah. So you wasted my perfect segue into it. Sorry. That's okay. I was trying to go in order. <laughs> if I have a hard enough time, I could write some of this stuff down. Yeah, no, that's all right. But that seems like too much work. So. I, I and I don't want to. I, I, I assume Kyle, you're, you've never been divorced. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, Andy, you have not gotten divorced since the last not yet. Um, so I have been through it, and it's it's a very it's a obviously a tough thing, and I don't want to like it, that's their business, and it's a very tough thing to go through. The only thing I want to say about this is my mom called it like two weeks ago. She goes, or the whatever the first time he went on leave was. She's like, I don't like that Juliana Zobrist. I blame her. And I'm like, mom, I'm like, it's, I'm like, it's, you have no idea what's going on. Like you get having a, you know, problems with the, you know, illness or family or, or yep. it could be a, any number of things that are none of our business to pry into, including the, the divorce is, is none of our business really to pry into. Um, but she, I just want to give my mom the shout out that she deserves because she does not like that Juliana Zobrist. And my mom is a very Catholic woman, so I'm surprised she doesn't like the Christian rock singer, Christian pop, whatever she considers herself. Yeah, well, one of um, one of, somebody on Twitter who follows me called it almost immediately and, and basically said that he sounded to him like Ben Zobrist was on corncob dress leave. Ah. Uh, and so somebody thought that right away. And you're right. I mean, I it could have been anything. It could have been one of the kids was sick. It could have been that she was sick. It could have been that he was sick. It could have been anything. So that's He's questioning why nobody try. Nobody speculate. It's icky. Nobody wants to speculate yeah. on any of that stuff. My only thing is, I, I hope, I really hope that when they divvy up all the assets, she gets the walk up music <laughs> in the divorce. <laughs> She can have it. And he gets the MVP, the World Series MVP trophy. Um, I, I, I I assume I can speak for you guys too. Wish for the best. I wish that he can get his mind right and come back and be and, – and and even if he's not productive, I love Ben Zobris forever because of what he's done for the team and just been that kind of guy that plays wherever the hell Madden puts him and, and plays well and won a goddamn World Series MVP. Um and I, even if he comes back and is, is, is I just hope that he's, is, is at peace because as Louis C.K. said, because I, that's great to quote him. On that's good. Topic. Yeah. Um, but, but it, no good marriage ends in divorce. So I'm glad he's, he got, um, 
he got to the point where I'm a little confused why both of them filed separate pleadings in separate counties, but that's probably an asset thing that I don't understand. But, um, but, but best of luck to him. Um, Cause I've heard he's a very genuine person too. So I hope he, I hope all the best for him and all the best for her. And, and I hope that they can get through it quickly. I doubt they will because of all the assets involved, <laughs> but I hope that they can, uh, you know, find some peace. Well, yeah. And you hope he, you hope he comes back because I, I think it was widely believed this was going to be his last year anyway. Yeah. And you'd like him to be able to retire, you know, go out playing, not, yeah. you know, disappear in May and never play again. Yeah. It just would kind of suck. Um, I didn't realize, I mean, I knew he was late to spring training. I didn't realize it was for a similar issue. So yeah. obviously that was, you know, they'd been working, you know, yeah, and They've kudos been working on it for quite a while. Yeah, and kudos to them for trying. I mean, like, I'm sure that's only what we know about, and it obviously got bad enough to the fact that he couldn't even perform in his job, which I could also sympathize and, and understand. Um, so good luck to the Zobras fan, and of course the kids. I don't know how many kids they have, but of course they're kids too. So uh, like they have eleven. <laughs> <laughs> They've had sex eleven times. <laughs> good for Ben. Yep. Um, so that's all I wanted to say about that. Unless you guys have other. Okay. Okay. Forest. (laughs) The, the question that needs to be answered is, is what's going to replace, uh, his walk up screech when, when, and if he does return. Well, I would assume now it has to be, who are the two? I would just, well, let me throw this out there. Cause I have two in mind. The two, like, (laughs) sappiest like only write about breakup only write breakup albums and only write about being broken up with two artists that you would say are popular now Hmm. taylor swift taylor swift would be my first one oh geez although didn't rizzo have taylor swift or sometimes has taylor swift yeah um the other one has been mia for a little while I think with um, vocal cord issues on and off and possibly having kids. Brittany? (laughs) (laughs) She's been off for a while. Uh, She names her albums off of her age when she releases them. Oh boy! Okay, everyone else is probably screaming at this. I would, I would pick an Adele song for. Him. Oh, that's right. Oh, there you go. I think that he. Um, that'd be a nice firing, a little uh, someone like you that'll get everyone fired up <laughs> during the playoffs uh, when he's walking up to that. So that would I, that would be my two sarcastic um, choices of walk up songs because we have to have a little bit of fun with that. My two would be, were going to be Amazing Grace or the <laughs> National Anthem. <laughs> so in, in 2003, the year I was the, the official scorer for the Beloit Snappers, our third baseman that year, Jeff Ure, his, um, his brother was in the military and was in Iraq. And so he, every single bat, and he played every day, I think he batted usually fourth or fifth, so he batted four or five times a game. We got to hear, I'm proud to be an American by Lee Greenwood. Yeah. And if I if I hear that song now, I my brain immediately tries to implode upon itself. 
it was terrible. So I would take that. that. I would take that in a heartbeat over. Ah, <laughs> I'm really. I'm gonna miss it. Oh god! Uh, well, you can play it anytime you want to. You can play true. it. Well, we did wonder if, like, what what team will he go? To, what where will they go? Where the PA announcer will play that when he comes up? Because mm-hmm. you know what's going to happen. St. Louis for sure. Would I would think. I mean, and I would do yeah. it. If I'll I play would. it on the banjo, though, so he might sure. not be able to recognize it. <laughs> Okay. Well, R.I.P. Zobris marriage. All right. So, what's our? Um, we have a final topic, or was that our final topic? See how good I am at this. Thought we had one more. Mm-hmm. Oh, we can oh. bitch about uh, what we're gonna get out of the new uh, out of Andy's uh, newest colleagues. Oh, that's right. That's right. You guys want to talk about? So. <laughs> Before we do that, I want to, and I will, this again will get posted in the, uh, um, I am going to pull up. You know, last time we had the um, um, separated at birth. Oh, that's right. Christopher Cross and John Lester. <laughs> And I think I found. Oh, I can't make this work. Isn't it great when I try to figure out technology while I'm doing it? Here we go. I think this will work now. Put it in the group. I, think I found a really good one. You can screen share too, by the way. That's what I'm. Okay. That's what I'm doing here. Meanwhile, the Cubs are back on. For the record. Oh, good. See that. Oh. Oh no. <laughs> What did it do? We just went into the upside down. Oh, Javi. All right, try it again. Oh, all right. Okay. So for those of you who can see, the person on the right is Loverboy lead singer Mike Reno. And on the left is Albert Elmora. And they are exactly the same. And to be fair, their faces look nothing alike, <laughs> but that is pretty good. The hair is perfect, and the that vacant look on their face. Yeah, too. and that, the mole is that a mole on Loverboy's <laughs> on the crease of his smile line? I don't know. It's, he's it's he's high, working for the weekend. It's higher up on Elmora. That's a pretty good one. Were you how long were you spending all week doing this? Uh, no, last uh, was it last night when he hit the home run. <laughs> Um, they showed him in the dugout and he's, he, usually he wears the blue headband, but he had the red one on and I'm like, who, God, that looks just like somebody. And of course, Springsteen immediately came to mind and I thought, no, that's, um, uh, that's too, uh, that's not going to look enough. And I'm like, oh, lover boy. So I immediately looked up, I had to figure out who this lead singer was. And it was Mike Reno, which I should have known because, um, you were a big lover boy from the footloose soundtrack, him and, um, Ann Wilson from heart have a uh, a wonderful duet that I we used to dance to in junior high. What um, what's on uh, Footloose? Oh uh, crap, what's the name of it? Um I know one topic that will make me feel smarter than you guys now. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> no, Got to have one. Um but anyway, so then I, I remember thinking to myself that's the guy. And it took me I literally just pulled up an image search for Mike Reno. 
and I had my choice of red headband pictures. That was perfect to choose from. I thought that was pretty good. That was a good one. I would say facial structure though. Almost paradise. Better. Almost paradise. Yeah, I can't remember that one. And I, I was thinking whenever I think of Ann Wilson, um, you know, on uh, behind the music. Kyle, you might not remember. You might have never heard of this uh, show. MTV had this little, like these one hour documentaries about bands and they always followed the same format. It was, here's the band getting together. Here's their big break. Now they're stars. Here's and their then down. something, then something tragic happened and they broke up. Either Def Leppard, the, the drummer's arm fell off or somebody, usually somebody got addicted to drugs or they slept with the other one's wife or whatever. When you get, when you watch the heart one with Anna and Nancy Wilson, literally when you get to that part, the only thing they had was, Anne got fat. <laughs> and the and then this is bad, but I had a mnemonic in my head to try to remember which one was Anne and which one was Nancy. And I should have been able to remember that Nancy married Cameron Crow, but I, it, in my mind, it was always Anne eats anything. That's how I remembered Anne Wilson. Oh, I thought you were going to say Aunt, Aunt Wilson because A.W. Ah, oh, she got fat. <laughs> that would have worked, too. <laughs> oh, and she's saying the oh, this there. Look at this. Look how this all comes together. So um, the year that the 49ers went to the Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick, they played the NFC Championship game in Seattle. And maybe this might have been the next year, but Anne sang the national anthem. And it was amazing. It was like the best national anthem. She That's nailed why it's it. It's called the national anthem. Yes, the national anthem. And people made fun of it because they thought at the end that her voice broke. But no, she was just doing her typical Ann Wilson heart shit at the end. Yeah. And it was great. And Pete Carroll, who I don't like, went nuts on the side. Nobody likes Pete Like Carroll. he thought that was just the cool, you know, that's like his perfect age demographic. He went nuts. He thought that was the greatest thing. They could have stopped the game right then. Pete would have gone home happy. Okay. Huh. So there's the uh, separated at birth. Very good. And so then I guess Kyle wanted to talk about the fact that the athletic has a cup podcast. One of us, one of us works for the athletic. He's not on the podcast. So rub it in. It's fine. (laughs) You know why? No, this podcast is better. And they know I wouldn't have abandoned it Mm -hmm. to go beyond their little podcast. You definitely should have. If you had that. Oh, I would have ran. (laughs) I had my bags packed. I was ready to go. You were leaving on a jet plane. Sorry, guys. Another song reference for you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're glad to still have you, Andy. Um, and are you going to be? I guess the question is: Are you going to be tuning in? Since because I'm definitely not paying <laughs> to get anything behind the paywall. I do think it's to me. It's you know they don't. It's funny they don't ask me. You know, like at the big, like at the company meetings when we all get together and I usually sit with Peter Gammons and Ken Rosenthal in the back of the room and we make fun of everybody. They don't ask my advice on things, but the the original podcast that they had, and there was a Cub podcast, Ben Finfer was actually the host of it and it was pretty good. I like Finfer. Um, those were just regular podcasts, just like this one. You could download it. You pay the low, low price of free and you get the podcast. All these new podcasts are behind the paywall and i just i don't get that do, don't, do they realize like it, i'm sorry if if wtf and comedy bang bang and and like serial are not hidden behind paywalls yeah. 
probably not, probably people aren't paying for a lot of podcasts. Your podcasts are a product to a free product to drive people to your service, to your, to what makes you money. And if you get them big enough, obviously the advertising on those podcasts, I don't, I can't imagine what a, what a 10 second bite on WTF is. Um, but they're probably pretty pricey. So you can probably make some good money off of ads like we're going to do on this. That's right. We will be millionaires very soon. I can't wait until we get that Swedish ad money rolling in. I don't I don't know that I can read the spots in Swedish. That's okay. But I'll try. To Duolingo, download it. Give me the give me the phonetic and I will try. <laughs> Horgy. I figure it's just Horgy Horgy Horgy. <laughs> oh, there goes Sweden. They've so we, I like how we once again let Kyle introduce his topic and then just just talk right over it. Talked over him. Sorry, sorry, Kyle. I think the name of this podcast should be "Sorry, Kyle." <laughs> <laughs> the Discipio Podcast. <laughs> the two guys talking that people actually come to listen to, and then the other guys hey, okay. <laughs> through it all. <laughs> yeah. um, Nobody comes to listen to any of it. I, uh, yeah, well, that's true. Um, <laughs> the Our uh, number one demographic. I'm going to talk over you again, Kyle. Our number one demographic for people listening to this podcast are people who fall asleep listening to a podcast and we're next in the queue. And then ours plays, the entire thing plays before they wake up and can stop it. That's fair. Um, no, I, I think the, the new podcast coming online with uh, Brett Taylor, I think that'll lead Spotify in qualifiers in a one hour session. <laughs> it's gonna be gonna be interesting to see how many circles we can talk in in the course of a ninety minute show. So it's it's called On to Waveland, and okay. I thought it was going to be um, like On to Prevarication. No, isn't that a lawyer term to prevaricate? It's basically to refuse to. Uh, commit to an opinion. Google says being vague about the truth or delaying giving someone an answer. I think that is the appropriate yes. definition for for that outlet. But I don't know. I'm just trying to trying to toe the line of being being respectful to Andy's Andy's fellow coworkers at the athletic. I'm sure it'll be good. It'll be it'll be informative, and I'm sure there'll be you know expounding upon things you could read in the athletic. It just, to me, it seems like a missed marketing opportunity. You think you would use it to tease out things that people could then read on the site and maybe pay to read instead of keeping it super secret and having to pay even to get it. But what do I know? And for the record, I am a proud paying subscriber of the athletic. So you're welcome. As am I. I have to pay for my subscription. Sounds like Mike's mic is out. I see him. He was talking and we couldn't hear him. Now he's just nodding. If you know American Sign Language, I'll translate. Well, be careful with the signs you're putting up there now. I know. I may have just, I may be banned from Wrigley now. All right. Well, well, I think we have exhausted our topics and the audience all at the same time. And Mike is dead, so... Yeah, we can't hear him. He's trying to chime in there at the end, and 
we couldn't uh, we couldn't hear him. Maybe yep, I there mute. he goes again. I don't think I muted. I don't know how to mute people, so I didn't mute him. No, he was not muted because now he is. Now, now he is. Done. Nope. He didn't turn it off, though. Nope. Oh. oh. Touching it. Okay, there, there he is. Sorry about that, guys. Sorry. I was still messing with my sound configurations. I hope you guys said really funny stuff while I was because I couldn't hear you, actually. Oh, you couldn't hear us either? No. I, I, I should have just been signaling to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> He's choking to death. It's called 911. Oh, which is, by the way, I'm just going to give another pitch for I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. There's a very funny sketch about him choking. That's all I'll say. Watch that show. It's very I've watched it twice now. Kelsey yep, I watched crying, I watched, laughing. The, I watched them all. I thought it was very good. Did you like it? Yeah. They're, they're, I, watching it the second time, there were a couple misses, but for the most part, it's yeah. very for good. For the sheer... Stuff. The sheer amount that they tried. Yes. You were destined to have a few that just didn't work. Yeah. Very good. But I thought that was pretty good. And it was it was interesting to see the odd Saturday night live person Alum. pop up every yeah. once in a while. Andy like Sandberg. Andy Sandberg, Cecily Strong. Yep. And of course yeah, Richard Richard Splett, who's Splett, not yeah. a SNL character, but he showed up a few times. He's great. So yeah, there's a there's a lot of good stuff in that one. So go watch it. And I finished the uh, Zach Afron Ted Bundy serial killer movie on Netflix tonight. Was that any good? He does well. Yeah. He does well. Um, I think they probably, like, I mean, he plays Bundy. God, excuse me, very well. Um, I think that they probably would have been better served maybe not trying to make Ted Bundy a sympathetic character. <laughs> That was that was kind of a misfire. Um, so, and I don't know that that was necessarily their intent, but it certainly felt enough like it was their intent, and it was a little bit gross. Um, but, but truly, truthfully, Efron, because I had we had watched the documentary of it, uh, the Ted Bundy tapes or whatever, um, you know, a few weeks back, and it was. Uh, he he played him extraordinarily well, I yeah. thought. So kudos high school musical um uh and I've been watching um did you ever watch Fleabag? No it's on Amazon Prime. Um Phoebe Waller Bridge, is that her name? She played yeah, the definitely. uh she played the droid in uh solo. Oh, okay. Um Apparently, she had written a one-woman play, and um, the conceit of it was she would break constantly and talk directly to the audience. And so in the TV show, she does the same thing. She'll just turn and she'll start talking right to the camera, which you think would be annoying, but she's really good. Uh, And it's very funny. It's only six episodes, but the season two starts tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. So I'm trying to get through the... It just I started yesterday. I want there. It's very funny, and I'm plowing through the first six so that I can then watch the next six. Because Alan Seppenwall said it's funny, and I pretty much trust Alan yeah. Seppenwall. So I'm watching um, Easy on Netflix, which is in its third season. It has a lot of people that you would recognize in it. It's very very sexual. <laughs> um, it's but it's a it's ostensibly a comedy. There's some very um, 
very poignant moments in it. There's a little, like I said, a ton of people you recognize. Um, Oates or Garfunkel, the one, the shorter oh, yeah, yeah. one is Kate Micucci. Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Um, is in it. Uh, it, it has a lot of vignettes. Um, uh, Orlando Bloom is in it at <laughs> one point. Uh, and what's her name from the Watchmen, the attractive blonde from the Watchmen. Oh, Malin Ackerman. Malin Ackerman. Thank you. Um, yeah, plenty that one of the women from, um, house on haunted Hill is plays a pretty big role in it. Uh, it's okay. I would, I would give it a watch. If you, there's three seasons, I think I'm probably, I don't know, close to the end of two. There's a lot of episodes. Um, a lot of vignettes. It's interesting. Kind of different takes on relationships and marriage and, and all that kind of stuff. Maybe Zobra should have watched it before he got married is what I'm saying. And then I also have started watching. I didn't know if it would be any good. I've watched the first two, and I think I'm at least going to watch the third. Uh, it's called Dead to Me with uh, Christina oh, Applegate and I, Linda I, Cardellini. Yes, that keeps popping up from a recommendation. Yes. And the um, the the twist that you get in episode two, which I'm sure is going to continue to twist even further, I did not. I should have seen coming. I did not see coming. So oh, it's okay, enough good. to make me keep watching it. Has anyone has either one of you watched um what is it Russian Russian doll? Oh I did. Yes. Was it good? Yes, yeah, very good. Okay, I like her a lot. I forget her name from Orange is the New Black. Yeah, the one and, with the big eyes. Um and American Pie. Uh oh, I can see right. it. And she's somebody's she's somebody famous's daughter, which I didn't realize. Natasha Leone. You get very good. Now I can't think of who's um, I'll find it. Um, meanwhile, you guys talk amongst yourselves. Kyle, are you watching anything? You're a, you're a generation Xer. You guys don't watch. You just watch things on your phone. And you play Fortnite all the time. And- I do. I am. I get critiqued consistently um, when people ask if I'm watching any shows because the answer is no. <laughs> I watch three hours of baseball every night, which is not an exaggeration. And it probably wouldn't hurt me, you know, to as someone trying to adapt to being a functioning member of society to branch out a little bit and diversify what I'm spending my time watching. But to be, fair, really, to be really. fair, when Hendrix pitches, you are definitely not watching three <laughs> right. hours of baseball. Yeah, absolutely. That's maybe true. watching an hour and a half. Yep. Yeah. I really think you should be watching more TV, young man. I, yeah, I, I'm just not I, watching I enough. I think you should stay in more and watch. I really should watch more TV. Really uh, turns out she's. I was wrong. You are I didn't know wrong. this part. She's not. She's. She's not the daughter of anyone famous. Although, you, did you see that Al Jaffe from Mad Magazine was her uncle? <laughs> oh, um, she's Fred Armisen's girlfriend. Yes, that's. I knew there I was guess, some. I knew there was something like what. That's is, what the what was. Is Aaron Bronstein sort of famous as a boxing promoter, race car driver, and radio host? <laughs> it just seems like anybody could claim to be any of those things. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you guys watched the most recent season of Survivor, and it just ended last night, and I won't tell you who won. But there is a woman on there who's, you know how they always have their little, like, Was it Colby third. Donaldson? Did no. he win? No. they no. Have their, You know how they have their lower third descriptions that say, like, what they are? Yeah. Hers was Julie, Etsy shop owner. <laughs> like, how the fuck? Like, if you have an Etsy account, aren't you an Etsy shop owner? 
I found her annoying. Um, well, that's all I got. We yeah. entertained no one throughout that rain delay, but we entertained more people than Beer Money did because we at least think. entertained each other. We should have our own version of Beer Money. So okay. anyway, as um, I did, we were going to promote this on our own, we didn't have to because there's actual ads that are promoting it during the podcast. Oh, yeah. um, Anchor has... You've always been able to leave us audio messages. No one ever has because we didn't ask people to actually do it. But now they've made it even easier. And so no matter if you're listening to it in the app or if you're listening to it, listening to the podcast um, on the web or any, any, they're trying to make it so that you can't avoid it. You'll be able to leave us a voice message if you want. And so if you ask us a question, if you have some hilarious comment that we just can't resist, we can actually work them into the podcast and we will. So feel free to uh, feel free to contribute, do our work for us. So stuff. essentially what Andy's saying, if you want to call in and leave a voicemail about what your favorite tweet from Dolan of that day was, you could do that. Yeah, you could do that. He will probably, he'll probably get to it anyhow, but if you want to spend a good 20 minutes luxuriating in the compliment, so that'd be good. (laughs) All right. Well, nice job. Nice job to you. If you're watching us live, you can go watch Jason Hayward try to run his streak to four for his last 52. (sighs) At least Tyler Chatwood's in. I saw that. I see Jason's not leading off anymore. Now Schwarber is. <laughs> so they went yeah, from, all right, yeah. who's slumping just a little bit less? Well, Kyle hit a home run last night. Well, he can lead off. <laughs> all right, gentlemen. All right. All right. See you next week. See you next week. See ya.